Welcome everyone to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Philip. And I'm Daryl. And we are here to celebrate the continuation of the isolationist storyline. Yes, still a part of Endangered Species. Oh, this one is chapter seven. Yes, so we are skipping that. It's about beast and dark beast, and that's too, too many beasts for us. Yes. Uh, Well, I would take dark beast. Oh. He seems like a rat bastard, but owns it. Yes, I tried reading it, but without the context, I got a little lost, but I did pick up on that. Oh, oh, good. He's like, yeah, I'm evil. It's fine. Yep. If only current Beast could do that. Yes, there is a reference to Dark Beast giving our Beast his memories of stuff and how excited he was when he found Madrox because he had an endless supply of test subjects. So it was a picture of like various bits and pieces of Madrox as the original is being dragged away. Oh, no. So. No, thank you. That's what I thought as I stopped reading. Yep, I support that decision. But we've got a cover. Do we have a pop culture pop-up? We do. So we're in October 2007. You know, we're getting those fall vibes here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, 2007, did they have pumpkin spice way back then? I don't think that was a thing during college. you think I would know since I was in Washington State then. Oh, yeah. Starbucks would have started that bullshit. Right. And started milking it immediately. But we didn't have one on campus. Oh, um, Ooh, that was a fall. There was a patisserie that opened. And you know how much butter they put into one of their giant cookies? A stick. That's disgusting. Well, not really a stick, but it tasted like a stick, and they were so good. Oh, I'm... The cholesterol is just off the charts. I also had a quince pastry there, and ever since then, I want a quince bush because it was super tasty. Oh, the deer would probably eat all of the quinces off of a quince bush here at the house. They would. But we've done a good job of putting fencing around stuff, so. Yeah, so apples and cherries at some point. Yes. One of these years. (laughs) It may be a few. Yeah. But that's okay. So pop culture-wise, this is the month that J.K. Rowling. Oh. Yeah. Turf. We don't don't stand turf. Yeah. She uh, is like, Dumbledore was gay. Actually, Dumbledore was gay. This was before the series was finished, too, right? This was immediately after i think yes i maybe Maybe. i feel the book series was done okay because then she like got that money and then she's like oh by the way he's gay i never showed it in the books but he was for sure gay because why would you need something like that i yeah i don't know like unless it's unless it mattered like it did not play into the storyline. He never had a romantic relationship with anyone. It, I don't, I think she's just trying to get some buzz. Probably. Um, Drew Carey replaced Bob Barker on The Price is Right. I can't believe it was that long ago. Wow. Like Drew Carey. 15 years ago. Yeah. That's incredible. Good for him. It does not feel like that long ago. I mean, if he's been doing it for 15 years, like, he must be doing good things to carry that torch. Yeah. And he's not a creep like Bob Barker was. No. There were some very cringeworthy moments. Well, yeah. Go back and watch the Game Show Network. Even on, like, the on camera, yes. Off camera, he was even worse to women. Oh, no. Like, he would 
demote some of Barker's beauties, as they were called, if oh. they got like pregnant. Oh no. Yeah. And like I feel one of them was fired for getting pregnant. It was that's awful. Yes. He's not great. The fun fact, one of the first, I think the first male Barker beauty. Um moved on to be in a soap opera. I think he went on to Days of Our Lives. Oh, that's fun. Because they had a gay plot line and that was all I needed at the time to start following that. Oh. I was still following As the World Turns or Luke and Noah. Wow. Yeah. Diving into those soap operas during college. Yeah, because the recaps were pretty readily available. Yeah. And Van Hansis is pretty cute. What are future generations of college students going to do now that soap operas are sort of dying out? I don't know. Like what I mean, the... Grey's Anatomy is on what? How many seasons? Oh, I know. It's on like the 18th season or something right now. It's crazy. Ryan Phillippe and Reese Witherspoon's divorce was officially over as oh. of this month. Oof. Yeah. And she immediately started going out with Jake Gyllenhaal, which... Oh, girl, good for her. Yeah, good taste in attractive men. I mean, is this around Prince? The oh, the video game Prince. I'm really bad at because you have to like hang from stalactites. Oh, Prince of Persia. Oh, and then it's like, but you're not actually Persian. Persian. Yeah, cast actors who are actually representative of the culture of the characters. Yes. Um, on the charts we have soldier boy with that terrible dance oh yeah 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 it was real big this fall yeah everyone was doing the soldier boy it, i went to like one rugby party uh, and that was happening yeah I like they drank beer out of a shoe which like an actual shoe yeah like they used it during the game and Ooh. more power to you and your immune system that's disgusting um and that's about it. It was a very light pop culture month. Interesting. Yeah. Because I want to discuss this issue. There is so much going on. Like the twists and turns that Peter David wrote into this issue. We're just diving straight in on this. Yeah. Like, and again, the beginning of this issue comes back near the end. Previous yes. issue, we had Mad Rocks in a bar, and then he ends up in a bar, separate instance. Drinking, right. drinking. That's all chronologically. This one loops back around. Because we get Nicole on a bridge in Central Park. She smashes gets, something with a rock. There's a whack. And little bits of stuff go flying off. And then she plops the rock in and walks away alone. Apparently, apparently there's no one on this bridge in New York City. Yeah. And the Mad Rocks monologue happening over this is all about bad guys and how uh, I wish you could identify all of them. Like, can't they all wear black hats? Can't they all look evil? Some of them look evil, like Dr. Doom, Red Skull. Scary looking dudes. They look bad because they are bad. You know what to expect from them up front. So will this play into Nicole? Yeah, I mean... This question of morality and right and wrong sort of becomes the motif of this issue. And that's why I like this sort of tie-in to Civil War. That's why the Civil War was so hard on everybody when it's only good guys fighting, right and wrong become really blurry. It does. So that's fun. Like it's a good opening monologue. It really is. We go back to the power plant 
the bar. We're picking up right where the conversation left off last issue. We really are. There's an introduction happening. He's Joseph Huber. And he's like, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm a fan of yours, Madrox. And Madrox is like, huh? Yeah, why? But the whole Madrox to Registration Act, drop dead. Very memorable headline. Apparently that's the Daily Bugle's. Um, oh yeah they're just lead of the day yep and this mysterious stranger sits down and the internal monologue of he seems pleasant affable he speaks with a sort of confidence and instills it in others but and the name huber he has a flashback to the dupe the one that was the really good detective but yeah also very drunk outside a police station who gets murdered yes um he's that he said dupe. Uber, and I remember us talking about this. Like, how do you I, know about ride sharing? I know. <laughs> Does he know about Lyft too? Probably. Maybe he was going to talk about Lyft, but then he got shot. He committed suicide by cop. So, Ugh, yeah. So, Uber, Huber, way too close to comfort. Could be a coincidence. Could just be the dupe slurring his words. Could be. That guy was wasted. And Huber sort of calls this out. He's like, oh, engaged in an internal monologue. And Maddox is like, oh, I, yes. How I did, did you know? And in a very creepy statement, he's like, I, had, I know something about internal voices. Yes, yes, I do. Sometimes they can overwhelm you. And we get our little internal, oh, 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 dear listener. The... Our rescue rabbit, Asta, just did a gigantic roll flop. Which means she's very comfy. And she is about to be having some bun-bun dreams. She loves afternoon naps, especially when the dads are nearby. And, I mean, jealous. Yes. Anyway, internal splash page. When we last left our heroes, Jamie Madrox hang out in the local mutant town bar called the Power... Oh, it's the Power Station. Why are there two people? I think that's a typo. It's the power plant. I feel we have discussed the power plant way in the beginning. Right, because I always make that WCW reference. You do. So it's the power plant. We're ignoring this. And the logo is clearly two Who's P's. the editor on this? Andy Schmidt and Nick Lowe. One I, of you, there were two of you. One of you should have caught this. I mean, one of them did have a small child recently because there was the... Yes, so it's like one and a half brains yes. that could have been focused on this. Encountered an odd individual named Joseph Huber, a man who purported to have a plan that would better life for mutants everywhere. What Mandrox doesn't know is that Huber, a genuine isolationist, resides in a far off ice palace where he is racked by constant onslaught of thoughts from all over the world. Mm. New paragraph. Richter and Rain have fallen into bed with each other. They don't know where this relationship is going to go. Dear listener, neither do I. No. New paragraph. X-Factor is hired by a pair of grandparents whose twin grandchildren go around the country singing songs about how the mutants should be wiped out. Siren and Monet are assigned to enforce the visitation rights granted the grandparents. What they don't know is that Layla Miller and Nicole, the French former mutant living at X-Factor HQ, have made an unexpected discovery, a discarded pregnancy test with a positive result that Nicole fished out of a toilet. What Layla and Nicole don't know is whose test it is. New paragraph. And what you don't know is what's going to happen next. Here's where you find out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're still in this conversation with Huber and Mad Rocks. Um, and Huber is also humble. 
and he's going off about how rich he is. His family has always been rich. And he has a very finely honed sense of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you're very humble, like Huber, you need to let everyone know all the time. Yeah. No, thank you. It's like calling yourself unpretentious. You cannot call yourself that. Only someone else can say that. Yes. When you say it, you're just like, you just gave away the farm. You are not. Yeah. So uh, he's going off about how the mutant population needs a power base. It needs a lobby. Maddox tries to joke some of this off. But then the plan is to use the ESA of 1973. Yeah, the Endangered Species Act, which ties into endangered species. The overall... Yes, the thing with beasts that we've been ignoring. I know. Um, Then we get another title page. It's very odd that there are two title pages with the credits. It's true. The first one is the the normal one that we're used to. And then this one is a big splash page of a concert. And they're like, we hate mutants. Except it's like... And they're they're, in Tennessee. Yeah, they're they're in Nashville. There are probably like some drunk bachelorette parties there. And they flew down from Chicago. The lyrics I see you, Chicago bachelorettes. Always going to Smashville for your bachelorette parties. It's either flying that short flight or getting in like the car with your homegirls. You have some very strong feelings about this. Oh, everyone goes to Nashville. Oh, everyone. I would not. I, and I especially wouldn't for this trash concert. And the lyrics. I would go to Memphis and Graceland. We could visit Elvis. <sighs> that would, that movie was sad, but so good. Yeah. A little like the stars, a star is born. Except, except Elvis. Except real. Also that. And he didn't star in A Star is Born. Is rumored in that movie. It was. Yeah, it was hinted at, but then he didn't, and then he died. Yes. He was caught in a trap. Oh. Um, the lyrics, and so we thank our blessed Lord for smiting mutants with his sword. That's, uh, that cuts a little bit too close to reality for your queer hosts. Yeah, no, thank, we're going to turn the page on this music. Because in the crowd, we have BFFs, Siren and Monet. Whose facial expressions match how I feel. They are there to observe, to see what's going on. And I don't get why Terry would ask what Monet thinks. Like, is, And then she has to clarify that's a serious question. And Monet is like, seriously? I think the parents should be taken out and shot for failing their children with such bile and poison. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they get accosted in the crowd because it's of course some dude. It, and that dude sort of looks like Archer. Oh. Archer would never though. Wouldn't he? No, he wouldn't be at a hate concert like this. Oh, that's, I don't know enough about Archer to say if that's true or not. He wouldn't. His better place is to be. He would not be in a crowd either. And we get Siren using her lulling voice power. We haven't which, seen it in a while. But there's no funky letterings. There's no elongated words. Nothing to give you that like lulling vowel sounds that we normally would get. She's not breaking out the brogue. No. But she convinces this dude to buy an expensive Persian carpet. Because he made a reference to you, one of the mutant huggers. 
And Monet is like, well, I've shagged a few. And he's very confused because what does shag have to do with, uh, shag carpet have mm-hmm. to do with mutants? So that's when Siren uses her power. And they get backstage and there's some sort of mutant detector binoculars that they're seeing through. Yeah. And the little alert is like the little X. X- and in the oh, circle. oh, Chandler from X Reads would probably like this ad because it's for a Doctor Strange animated feature. It looks like Doctor Strange has a lightsaber. Oh, yeah, there's some electricity coming from it, and yeah. like some nice flowy robes that seem comfy. Yeah. Um, so someone is observing Monet and Siren, and their thought bubbles are: these detectors are working great. Two mutants, large as life, and. Uh, Terry uses her powers on the bodyguard in front of these doors. So now we get our vowels with darling. Yes. And they're looking for these kids. It's just an empty backstage. Yep. And then out of nowhere, we see a sniper and Terry gets shot. Yes. This poor woman. In the head. This woman. Like, she is victimized continually. And Monet is pissed. She says cripes even. Cripes. That's like Scooby-Doo level. (laughs) Oh, my favorite. Snipers, gutless wonders. Take a shot at me. See how well that does for... And then she is chloroformed. What is this? This is a setup is what it is. Yes. I thought the mystery text bubble is... That bullet could have gone through your friend's brain instead of just creasing her skull. Be happy we let you off that easy. And Monet is clearly trying to say, you son of a bitch. Yes. But it's muffled from the ray. Yep. And it fades to black. We go and check in on Richter and Rain. Richter is doing some push-ups and Rain wanders into the gym and is like, oh, you've... uh, you seem better. Like you have a lot of energy. And he Richard calls Rain Corazon. Yeah. Which I feel like is a term of endearment. And it says it it's is a, a term, term of endearment. endearment. <laughs> because she's like, uh, no, that's not my name. And he's like, uh, it was another language. Yes. So what he uh, is all about it. They have different thoughts about what happened. She's having some regrets yeah much regrets <laughs> and saying it might not have been the best move on her part and he's very into it he's like don't tell yourself short you had some great moves and she's like but i felt sorry for you oh it was a pity fuck it was yeah she from had, her perspective she admits it and there's a panel of awkward silence and then he's like okay so <laughs> and she's very confused about what do you mean so I mean, and he goes off his little, that's how you have to justify it to yourself. Yeah. Like, he's, had, like, he's turned a whole 180 in his emotional state. Yep. He's fine with it. They were operating on instinct. And, and she is very susceptible to instinct-based reactions, even in human form, it seems. Yes. Yeah, there's an undertone of that that we've gotten throughout. Yep. Especially when it comes to revenge for being thrown down a smelly sewer. I wonder if it's washed off yet. I hope it has. And then... What hasn't washed off are the pheromones because this conversation ends with them 
doing it again. Yeah, in the gym. There's an oomph as they hit the boxing bag. There's an oomph as they hit the floor. And it's just Victor's legs in the air. And then we have someone looking for rain. And it's Guido. He's at the doors to the gym. And she's like, "Ah, mm -mm, yes, I'm in here. Because he's just shouting through. Because Jamie's calling a meeting. (laughs) Bring Victor if he's up. And she says, oh, aye, he's up. There's some innuendo right there. Yeah, and um, she is like, all right, we're going to go. And he's like, you go ahead. And we get a shot of the back of him where she was like clawing his back. Oh, it was very um, Alanis Morissette. Mm -hmm. Yes. Dave Coulier is not involved in this, though. And then we get a close-up of his spine and he has some terrigen crystals embedded in him. He does. We didn't know that. We didn't know. So now we know why he was doing push-ups and seeing, you know, spry. Because, yeah, he's feeling a lot better. And this is probably why it's not just the sex. No, it is. He is still getting his fix off of these crystals. Oh. We cut back to Monet and Terry. They are in a dark room. Um, The people are really smart because they have gagged Terry again. Like they, she, they did bandage her up a bit. Yeah. And it's just a cloth. It's not a ball gag this time. Oh, um, that creep. And we have Monet chained to the floor and it's made of some sort of metal that she can't bust through. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's the only one talking because she's the only one that can. Yep. And she's trying to get information as two shadowy forms like open the door. Yes. And she's like, you want to tell me what these chains are made out of? Hey, what are your names? Who are you? What's going on? (laughs) How can I give you credit for doing this so we can actually find out more about you? Yeah. Classic, like, good guy move to get the bad guys monologuing. Yes. And then then finally we see who they are. And one of them is a familiar face. So um, there's one guy in green armor. His name is Solo, but not Han Solo. No, but he did shoot first. Yes. And then Clay. You remember who Clay was. I did not. Yeah, Clay is from the original Mad Dog series. He has a similar power set and some very cool looking tattoos. He's got that Bob haircut going on. Yeah, he has like the white version of the Richter. Yes, but it it looks a a lot. Richter's hair has looked better in this issue. It has. And you're like, yeah, we're doing this for a paycheck. It's great. And we'll probably see you again. Um, And he's like, this is a warning. You don't know what you're messing with right now. And then it closes the door. Like, they're not going to have anything further done to them. But now they have to find their way out. Yes. And it seems like one of those... Like, you know, once you have the outline of the light from the door goes away, then you just have no idea where the door is anymore. We're cutting to this company meeting with the rest of them, though. Yes. So, Huber, ah, your listener, the Bun Bun has stretched and is in a full flop and having Bun Bun dreams. Bun Bun dreams confirmed. Yes. Uh, Huber is in the office explaining the Endangered Species Act. Strong guys, like, needing to follow the bouncing ball a little bit more. It's like, doesn't that have to do with eagles and pandas and stuff? 
but Hubert's convinced that he can get public support on the side of mutants because so many have been depowered and that it works with numbers having dropped to 198. And then, well, depends on who you ask, says Guido, because it's 198 if you ask Terry. But because she doesn't believe that her dad is dead. It's actually now down to 197. There's and, a lot of face palming from the other people in the room while Guido is oblivious. Yes. And Richter walks in. He he has a fresh take, shirt. He's taking care of himself in whatever way he needs to. Yep. And Huber gives him a pat, like a firm pat on the back. And Richter goes, I yep. So it that, and then he transitions it into I am very happy to meet you. And um we have Rain just sort of whistling there, and Madrox knows like there's something more to this. Yes. <laughs> When there's something wrong with his back, like, we don't know if it was the slap on the crystals or on the scratches, but Rain feels like it was the scratches. Mm-hmm. And Maddox tries to get things back on track with, you said something about a sanctuary and how under the Endangered Species Act, the government would have to give mutants a safe space to act as a san- wildlife sanctuary, as it were. Um, and Maddox is not entirely convinced and yeah, shouldn't mutants be accorded at least as much respect as a skink? And Guido chimes in, it depends if you should see some of the skinks I've dated. <laughs> and no one's buying into the joke. No, Richter and Rain give him a look and then walk away from the couch. They're just like, I can't even be that close mm-hmm. to bad jokes. Or Guido. And uh, the chains are broken. Monet busts out and finds that they're in the shed in the middle of the desert. Yeah, parched earth. Yep. Clearly no longer in Smashville. No. So she monologuing a little. Solo, Clay, this isn't over. Not by a long shot. shot. And long shot is the text bubble in front of John Huber. He is having a, some feelings. Yes, like there are voices happening with him and the rest of, I mean, well, not the rest. And of they're, they're clearly not disconnected thought bubbles. Yes. Get that thing away from me. There's no way I'm wearing this. And they're like, hey, Mr. Huber, what's going on? And he uh, backhands Mad Rocks. It produces a dupe. And the dupe, <laughs> perhaps to the lettering still yeah. being different for each dupe. He appears to be suffering from a disorder of the serotonogenic control system, which is like, what? And the dupe is like a migraine. <laughs> Find some dark dark rooms. And he was like, I'm fine. He pops some pills. It's nothing he can't handle. And the different text bubbles get smaller and smaller. All right, we're back in Central Park because we know Layla isn't there because she has gone for a walk. And no one knows where Nicole is. Yes. So um, Layla is holding this pregnancy test in front of her. And it seems like she is, she doesn't know where it's coming from. And she's like, am I just a girl then? Like, what am I without my power? There's some noir narration going on from Madrox. Kids think adults have all the answers. That as you get older, it gets easier to know what to do, when to do it, and who to do it to. But it's not really the case. It never gets easier. And... uh, Layla is surprised as Nicole comes up behind her 
And Nicole was like, I followed you. Please don't be upset. Huh. And I was like, how could I not be upset about having my own stalker? And she calls her a creepy little girl to her face. Layla is just so over Nicole. She is. And she and was like, you know, I, I'm just here because I don't know what to do. Yeah. What are you going to do about the pregnancy test? And then Nicole is... Uh, she surprises Layla because she has a giant stone in her hand. Yeah, Layla's monologuing a little. She's contemplating this pregnancy test. And really, girl, why are you touching that with your bare hands? It mm. came from a toilet. Um can't believe I'm asking this, but what do you think? And Nicole says, honestly, I think Mr. Huber wants you to die. And then it's like, what's that supposed to... And then there's a thud. And yeah, an yeah and because she gets knocked out, and then Nicole pushes her over the bridge into the water. Yeah, I mean, that's a sizable stone. Yeah. And Nicole is... We're circling back to the beginning of the issue, where the pregnancy test is there on the side of the bridge she takes the rock smashes it and then it tosses the remnants of it down into the water next to Layla yeah the noir monologuing after all that's what all evolution comes down to survival of the fittest the natural order the strong survive while the weak the weak are swept away it may seem pragmatic but if you're strong then you wind up being right because of the simplest reason of all there's no one to say you're wrong as like Layla with a bloody face is face up in the water. Yes. So at least she's not drowning. We know that. That was my first thought with that picture. And then that's it for the issue because then we have the backup story for endangered species where it says it's a 17 part limited series. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, but this like. That's a lot of action. So much action. So, so much plot development. Yeah. Like, this is the type of issue that makes you want to read the next issue immediately. Because that's what I did. I know. Like, <laughs> I, I looked at Marvel Unlimited and you're up to, like, issue 31 at this point because you just couldn't put it down. I know. And I stayed up way too late doing it. But it's no it. regrets. No. So worth it when it comes to this series. So this was such a fun issue. I cannot wait to see where it goes. And the art has been consistent. I know you referenced that it is going to be different art, but at least so far we've The regular artist right now is Pablo Raimondi and does such a good job. Yeah, like it's something about how it's shaded and the penciling and then colorist of Brian Reber is also quite good. Like it's very smooth. Yes. So. And it, Corey Pettit doing a wonderful job when it comes to the lettering, like you mentioned. So Yes, keeping up with each dupe having a separate font compared to Madrox Prime. Yes, so this creative team is just hitting it out of the park. Yeah. So uh, we're going to come back at you next time with the next issue. I think, yes, we have one more issue, then we have a special that they released. So one more regular yes. episode, and then there is um, a special that was inserted in there called The Quick and the Dead. So um, we're going to check that out. Yeah. Dear listener, let us know what you thought of this issue. We're on Instagram. It is the X Factor Files podcast. Check us out. 
Is it the X Factor Files podcast? Nope, it's just X Factor Files podcast. And stick with us for more X Factor and more Bun Bun updates. Because we know that's what you're really here for. Our special bonus bun, Asta, who joins us for recording while we're at Daryl Dad's. Yes. All right, everyone. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.